0: You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Brilliant. So uh, this term we are starting this new series called Life Together. And as part of that in January, we um, are sort of going to take January really as a bit of a kind of beginning to that, to stop... Um, to look back, to look forward um, before I think we just jump into, you know, a new year beginning and everything starting again, as it often does at this time of, of year. And that will sort of culminate in our partnership Sunday, um, which I mentioned earlier, which is happening on, on the 23rd. And so for those that have been around for a few years, you'll know that I've done this for a couple of years now and I've done a talk together called Looking Back, Looking Forward. And so we have split that into two weeks this year just because there's always so much to say. I just knew I wasn't going fit to it, fit it into um, yeah uh, one talk. So today we're looking back and next week we are looking forward. But firstly, why do we do this? You might think, you know, where's the Bible passage, Joe? Like, you know, what, what, why we just want to kind of forget about 2021, because for a lot of people, it was really tough, wasn't it? You know, why drag it all up again? And so I thought maybe just to begin, it would be good just to remind ourselves, I think, why, why we're doing this and why this is actually something that I think is deeply biblical and is at the, the very heart of the Christian tradition. So I think throughout history, actually, we can see that God um, always tells his people to remember. So he tells them, I think, remember is is one of the kind of most popular common words in the Old Testament. It comes up hundreds of times. And God is always asking people to remember what he's done in their lives, remember what he saved them from, remember how far they've come. So this is something that actually God asks us to do. So as an example, in the Old Testament, you can go and look this up later. But one method of remembering was actually to build like a pillar or an altar of stones. Um, so if you, if you do want to go and do some homework, so 1 Samuel 7, 12 and Joshua 4, 1 to 9 are good examples of that. So when that's when God helps Joshua cross the Jordan River with the Ark of the Covenant. Um, And uh, it tells the Israelites that in generations to come, when their children ask what the stones mean, they can actually tell them the story of what God um, has done. And sometimes remembrance was done through festivals and rituals such as the Passover feast or communion in the early church is probably one of the most obvious examples. So God not only wants us to look back, but when we're looking back, we're, we're joining in with this great cloud of witnesses and we're continuing this amazing tradition of remembering. And also, I think when we forget, things don't go so well, do they? So the Israelites um, very quickly forgot, didn't they, that God had delivered them from slavery. And at one point, they even wanted to go back and be slaves. So forgetting never really ends well. I think we kind of end up losing our sense of perspective. And I this is another um, sort of picture that I show every time I do this talk. I love this image, and it means a lot to me. I think it's something that I have to keep looking at. In fact, I need to print it and stick it on my office wall, I think. Um, but I think there's a sense for me of, I don't know what you're like, whether you're somebody that kind of still tends to look ahead at all there is to do and feel sometimes overwhelmed, or whether you're somebody that's able to look back and kind of go, wow, look at everything that we've done. Um, and I think, you know, both are really helpful, aren't they? For me, I always look ahead. I think, oh my gosh, we've still got all this stuff to do. And and sometimes I I cannot... Um, stop and appreciate how far we've come and what we've done. And it's a really good discipline to do. So this picture kind of, yeah, symbolizes what we're, what we're trying to do, really. So God asks us to remember and remembering helps us to not forget what he's done and how far we've come. I think remembering helps us tell other people, maybe he might not have been around at the time, what's happened. Um, and again, what, what God's done. And I think that remembering gives us perspective, doesn't it? It helps us to sort of step back and see the bigger picture. And then this kind of links to next week. That I think looking back or remembering also helps us look forward because we can sort of identify patterns and issues or priorities and potential in the year ahead. So hopefully, even if there's some New Year's resolution cynics in the room, you're with me a little bit more now. I can see sort of why why we're doing this. And I think today I'm, I'm of course looking back as us collectively, um, so as Oasis Hub Bath, and what 2021 has been for us. Um, but this act of remembrance is also something that I'd really encourage you all to do individually and in your households. And. Uh, excitingly I'll be giving you a bit of homework later that you can do that with um, and it's just a, a piece of paper on the info desk which is just a list of questions um, that is free obviously for anybody to take and I just encourage you to maybe take some time this week to um, either on your own in a coffee shop find some space or as a family um, or with friends maybe go through those questions or maybe even in microhubs um, and yeah answer them and see what you think it's kind of like a way to review the last year So what I'm going to do is give you an overview of the year, really, by splitting the year into three sections. And we're then going to consider together the biggest stuff around the sort of nuts and bolts of what's actually happened. So what God's taught us, what we've become through what's happened. And then finally, we'll draw out some of the patterns, themes, and perhaps start to, to use that as we look forward next week. So January to April. So in the first part of the year, we were again thrust back into lockdown after Christmas was pretty much cancelled for many of us. Lots of you will have pretty horrendous memories of that time, as I do. And it was a really long and difficult lockdown, I think, then, wasn't it? Much longer than the one that we'd had before. And again, we couldn't meet as a church. We couldn't do many of the things we wanted to do. Um, But at that point, we're still enjoying the the global gathering that was happening every week in partnership with Oasis Waterloo. And we also were doing our monthly hybrid services here at Oasis. And we started our speaking series, Why Do We Do That? And hybrid services saw the start of us streaming our services, which have changed in various forms. They've gone from a a pre-recorded public stream on Facebook to live streaming through YouTube, accessible through signing up to receive the link through Church Suite. And live streaming has, I think, been one of our great successes um, this year, making church so much more accessible to a range of people and enabling people with health issues or work commitments to still participate in Sunday services. And I'm wary in doing this because when you thank a specific person, you always miss somebody. Um, But I just feel that live streaming has been so important that I can't really not mention Andy um, on the desk and the AV team. And I think we should give them a round of applause. (laughs) It is not easy to, to live stream. You know, there's so much that um, that team have had to get their heads around, whether it's been equipment or the processes of how to actually make it happen, how the streaming talks to the sound desk, or, you know, all that sort of stuff. It, I, yeah, I don't get it, and I like to think that I'm fairly technical. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just been amazing, and I think what's been really nice um, is the feedback from people who have enjoyed the live streams, but basically have accessed the live stream for a reason that I just wouldn't have anticipated. So in the beginning, obviously, we set it up so that people who were isolating or shielding um, could still participate in church. And since then, there's probably been four or five other reasons why it's been really helpful for people to to do that, And um, one of which is for people that are serving, and our kids and youth work and other teams, it means they can actually watch the service later on. Um, and people who work on Sundays, we've got several people who... right now are at work and you know for them it means they can go home and watch church tonight which is really important so i just think that's been really uh, really amazing and something that we'll continue to do as much as we can going forward So in the why do we do that series, uh, I think not just on Sundays, actually, but we had those online micro hubs, didn't we, where we sort of analyse what we do as a church. So everything from meeting together, you know, why do we do that? Why do we gather in the same room every Sunday? Why do we baptise people? Why do we have coffee? Why do we run community projects? We kind of evaluated everything, I think, really, and everything that we used to do before COVID that we then sort of weren't able to do. And as a result, we made some changes to our services going forward um, as we were able to then resume those later in the year. And I think that was a really valuable opportunity, wasn't it, to make sure that we listened and learned from COVID. Because I think it's easy to sort of bury your head in the sand and just think I'll ignore it all until we can just go back to exactly the way things were. And that was something that we really didn't want to do. We wanted to learn from it. Um, And I think we've done that. And as a result, we've got this revised Sunday pattern, which I think is working really well. We've diversified our worship. We've uh, shortened our talks, which some people are very happy about. (laughs) And I think we've got a a sort of newfound sense of appreciation, really, for meeting together on a church. As a church, it's often when something gets taken away, isn't it, that you really realise the value of it. And I think we have um, perhaps realised that more so than ever. So the early part of the year was also when Focus Counselling moved their offices and counselling practice into our building. Um, Although they literally moved everything in and then worked from home for a few months as we went straight into a lockdown. Um, But they have gradually uh, made their way back into the building. And so during the week, lots of the rooms that we use for church are used as counselling spaces. And I think both organisations have, have worked really hard to make that work um, and it's involved some compromise and creative thinking on both sides. It's not easy. It wasn't designed to, um, to be used for counselling and so we've had to make some changes and um, I'm pleased to say I think that's all actually working really well now and those systems are in place and we've had some really positive feedback from both clients um, and staff about being here. So it's great to have focus as part of what we do here. February saw our hero of a caretaker Mark start with us and it's safe to say that for, for staff and governance groups in particular his appointment has been a huge highlight so for me gone are the days of like panicking and stressing, figuring out what to do when yet another light bulb blows or something else breaks in the building. Now it's just call Mark and he'll fix it. Um, So yeah, he's been great at sort of doing general repairs and maintenance, but he's also suggested some really good improvements for uh, various aspects in the building. So yeah, he's been a great addition to the team. And also it's not just about us, it's, you know, with so many more groups and projects using the building, uh, Mark has kind of improved it for them and made sure that it's at the level and the professional standard that it needs to be for other organisations as well. February and March also saw the extensive and very challenging refurbishment of our basement space. So about £20,000 was ploughed into that and involved a brand new kitchen, ceiling, lighting, furniture and a complete redecoration. And this is now a really warm and welcoming space for Bath Minds breathing space project, but also for our young people who use it on a Sunday morning, um, the support groups uh, and focus counselling who use it during the day. So that was what it looked like before. And this is what it looks like now. So it's a really, really lovely space and great to see that being used so much now. In March, we launched our partnership with Landre's Bakery, a personal highlight, um, who began baking pantry loaves for us. So um, pantry loaves are available to buy in the Landre's shop and restaurant and online on their website. And what happens is you buy a loaf and then Landrace bake it for us and then um, some of our volunteers go and pick them up and then we give the the loaves to our pantry members every week. And Landrace also kindly donated two boxes of cinnamon buns for our pantry members in December and volunteers were very disappointed that there were none left. Okay, that was just me. Um, it's worth mentioning that the pantry, um, I'll, I'll talk about South Dunn opening um, a bit later on, but obviously that's something that we've continued to do during the year. Um, it's been a really consistent thing week in, week out. We welcome um, yeah, probably between 30 and 40 people each week, um, helping them access um, good quality food, people that are on low incomes. Um, and I'll, yeah, Like I said, I'll, t- I'll touch on that um, in a bit. Um, so yeah, back to the, the last bit, of that beginning bit of the year, I guess, um, despite not being able to meet actually for much of the year, we've continued to welcome new people into the church, which is great. We've run two newcomers micro hubs, one in April and then one at the end of last year. And again, it's been wonderful to see the church grow in this way. And it's been exciting to see some of those newbies step up into new roles and teams um, easing the load on, on us, those of us that have been around for a while. But I think really adding something and bringing new voices and new perspectives. And so we're really, really grateful for that. In April, I was able to visit SPACE, which is a local LGBT plus youth group run by Off The Record, who are a great youth work charity. I shared a bit of my own story and I talked about what it means to be an inclusive church. And we continue to look at new ways to partner with SPACE and the work that Off The Record do, particularly with LGBT young people. And then uh, another thing, big thing in April, I think, was, was the soft launch of Breathing Space. So that's Bath Minds Project, and that now runs in our basement every night of the year without fail, Christmas Day, every single day. And it helps those who are escalating into a mental health crisis or who are perhaps at risk of doing so. So that is only January to April, people. So that's only the first part of the year. So we, we've done a lot. So then um, May, we, in May we welcomed Lisa Martin to our staff team who joined us for several months in a temporary role as our pantry admin assistant. So that was a specific pot of money that was um, yeah, awarded to us by Quartet Community Foundation. And Lisa did a great job of welcoming members and doing everything like our rotors and helping Claire with the huge admin workload from week to week. So Lisa left us in December because it was a, a temporary contract but will continue as a pantry volunteer which is great. Um, In May, we started a new speaking series called Perspectives on Prayer, where we heard different voices speak about their views on the purposes and function of prayer, as well as share tips and tools for prayer each week in the community news email. I know I really found that really interesting, looking at kind of the different ways that people pray, and I've applied some of that to my own prayer life. It's been really helpful. And in June, we opened our second Oasis Pantry, which is the pictures that you see on the screen, um, in Southdown to so this time, we're running a, this, this pantry in partnership with Bath Youth for Christ, um, with St Barnabas Church, and with Southdown and Whiteway uh, Methodist Partnership. So again, that's been a really good success, um, but it's not without its challenges, um, including the limited space that we have at the Roundhill Hub and high member numbers, um, really from from the beginning, really. So I think it's worth mentioning that Claire um, has done an absolutely incredible job beyond what I think i can describe in just constantly improving that project as well as running the city centre one um, you know the pantries are something that have such a good reputation amongst other professionals in the city um, and they just they run so professionally and so well and um, I'm really excited for you to see the impact report when that comes out in a couple of weeks because the stories of transformation how it's helping people are just yeah really amazing so that's a um, really really exciting part of our work. Okay, in June we we also did a uh, social media series as part of Pride Month, so we invited LGBT plus members of our church to describe the impact being part of an inclusive church had on their lives. And actually this series got a lot of um, traction, I guess, on social media, lots of likes and comments and a few people getting in touch and finding their way to us as a result. Um, and I say that because sometimes we we don't always know the impact of just being us has. Um, and, you know, it's really transformational for a lot of people that um, that are part of this church. So, yeah, it was really good to see the impact of that. Okay. in July, we ran our last ever food parcel deliveries uh, as Make Lunch. So we'd sort of transition Make Lunch into a food parcel delivery um, as COVID had had forced us to do that. Um, So all year we'd been uh, delivering food parcels alongside enrichment activities in the school holidays. So February half term, Easter, May half term and finally in the first week of the summer holidays in July. So the food parcels alongside these high-quality enrichment packs we provided have always just been so gratefully received and have helped so many struggling families in a difficult year. And again, more of the, the impact of that will be uh, in the impact report that we'll, we'll have in a couple of weeks' time. So in August, we mostly had a rest. We um, had a bit of a sh- sort of shutdown, really, and, and staff and volunteers took a bit of a break. But we also planned for uh, the, the church to restart our weekly meetings. And that took a colossal amount of work, actually, because when you just hadn't met for a while, and it was like we had to remember how to do things again, and you know, to start all our teams from scratch, and you know, it was a huge amount of work. And particularly from our church steering group and our administrator Elaine. So thank you to those that are on that group. And we also welcomed some new members to our hub steering group and one returning member to the church steering group, which was great. And it's good to have that extra support on those groups. Yeah, and, and those groups, so we, we have our governance groups, our trustees, our hub steering group and our church steering group, and we're always open to new members on those groups. if you fancy being part of the leadership and helping steer us in the direction that we go, um, come and speak to me. Wonderful. So September to December. So the final part of the year saw church restart weekly meetings. And so we started our new Sunday pattern. So where we had uh, community Sundays on the first Sunday of every month. This is still the pattern that we're going with at the moment, supported by our local WhatsApp groups, learning Sundays in the middle Sundays of the month and sofa Sundays. And we also um, were very, very pleased that Youth and Kids Work returned um, and we began dreaming about what our world could look like post COVID by starting the What If series, uh, which was all about Mark's gospel um, through, through the lens of a book called Binding the Strong Man um, by Ched Myers. That was the last series that we've, we've just finished. So I think it's been really great. Um, Kids work, again, has returned really, really well. And Gemma Shim is doing an amazing job leading that. Our youth work also had a revamp. And Gabriella Palmer has just been doing an incredible job overseeing our youth work with Toast running from 10 a.m. each learning Sunday. And then youth work sessions happening during the service, too. So big thanks to Gabby. Um, in September, we also did a world first, I think, our first ever baptication, which was like a joint dedication and baptism service for Nisha Kerried, which we did uh, with our friends at Christchurch up the road, which was great fun. And I also squeezed in a visit to the youth group at St. Saviour's Church to talk to them about inclusion and diversity. In October, work began on our new website, which is in its very final stages of design as I speak, and we welcomed a photographer to our pantry and on a Sunday to help us with this, and we're also going to be making a film about Oasis Bath next year, which I'm really excited about. And we started another newcomer's microhub, which finished in December, and we trialled something new in the half-term holidays by putting on craft sessions and an afternoon tea for our pantry members with, with children at both Southdown and in the city centre. And we also received some funding to improve our ground floor kitchen, and that will be happening in 2022. Oh, so, still, we're still still more. In November, our new Youth microhub Hub started. Um, so, that's run by Ian Spence and supported by Gabby as well. And that's for older young people, um, for them just to have a space to talk about things that perhaps are more relevant to that older age group. It's been so encouraging to see how that group has started so well. And we're ex- excited to see sort of where that goes, and that will start um, to meet again this month. In November, we said a big thank you to some of our pantry volunteers with a pastor-making session at Cassia Cafe. And we also welcomed a new addiction support group to our building. And then in December, we repeated our LGBT plus carol service event, and we do that in partnership with Christchurch and St. Stephen's. And the feedback from this has again been really, really moving, and it was a, a really good success. And we'll look to repeat that next year. And I actually had um, an email from somebody who listened to the talk from that that service. Um, and, yeah, basically they kind of said that it had just helped them become more, you know, inclusive in their own theology. And actually as a result, they'd been able to welcome their uh, daughter's non-binary partner um, over Christmas and be really welcoming and accepting to them, which is amazing. I think, again, sometimes we put on an event like this, you don't always know that it has this impact. It literally changes then you know, somebody's life, it it means that somebody can be more welcoming, more accepting, and, you know, the, the sort of ripple effect of that. So we don't just do this stuff for the sake of it, we do it because, you know, it has an impact and it makes a difference. Okay, and then we did a, a lament service for the first time, and I think, you know, I can't talk about 2021 without talking about just the huge amount of, of loss and grief that we have faced um, as a community with several Uh, very precious people uh, in our community and linked to our community losing their lives to, to cancer and to COVID. And I think this has been a really, really tough time, really heartbreaking and extremely difficult. But at the same time, it's been amazing to see the ways that we've stepped up and shown support and love for one another. And I've been really blown away by just the little acts of kindness I've seen from you guys and just being there for people that have been impacted by that. Um, December also saw the last ever Kinship Carers Support Group. So that won't be continuing in 2022. So that was a group that continued to meet throughout the pandemic. But actually, COVID has really impacted the numbers. And we sort of surveyed the Kinship Carers recently. And actually, they sort of indicated that uh, a group in the kind of Radstock Midsummer North area would be more helpful because lots of them are from that. So we're sort of in a conversation with a local church now to sort of hand that group on and see whether they'd be willing to, to host it. But it's been, um, again, a really good group that's really helped the people that have attended. I'm really pleased that we've been able to run that for the last year and a half, two years. Okay, and then we recruited a new hub team admin assistant in December, and so we're very excited that Claire Shells will be starting in that role tomorrow. So please, please pray for her for lots of reasons, but um, adjusting <laughs> to going back to work um, after, after a break. So uh, yeah, we're really excited that she's joining the team, and her role will be kind of helping Elaine and all the team really just doing admin across the whole hub, so that will really ease some of the pressure in the, in the team. So that's great news. Um, and then, of course, our successful Give a Gift campaign. Um, and actually, uh, we raised way more than we wanted to. So we, the final total was £1,740, which is fantastic. Thank you to everybody that contributed to that. And as a result, we were able to provide festive food and Christmas gifts uh, to every single pantry household, which was great. <sighs> Still awake. We've done quite a lot, haven't we, actually? <laughs> um and there's probably loads of stuff that I haven't even mentioned, but I've tried to sort of give an overview of, of the main things. So forgive me if there are things that you think, Joe, what about that? Um, that? Obviously, that's just the, the main things that we've done. And when, when the impact report comes out, there's, there'll be a lot more detail about, you know, the impact of some of that stuff. But I just wanted to give you the facts, really. And I'm aware that that is a lot of factual information, and, you know, sort of what we did and when. But what I haven't done is sort of looked, you know, beyond the facts, really. So what are the kind of bigger themes that are emerging? What do we feel like God has been sort of doing through all of this with us as a, as a community? What have we learned? How have we changed? You know, those, those sorts of questions. And I want to sort of finish today by really, you know, doing that bit together. Um so there's going to be some some questions on the screen. And hopefully when you came in, you were given a little stack of bits of paper and a pen. So that is what you will need. If, if there anybody is there anybody who doesn't have paper and pen, if you put your hand up. Great. I think Paul will go around and sort you out, hopefully. Um, so what we're going to do is there'll be um some some music that will come on just um to help thinking really. But these are the questions that I think are helpful for us to, to begin to sort of think through. So, you know, there's the facts, but what's, what's beyond that? You know, what's God said to us in this year? What can we celebrate? You know, what's been really tough? Who are the people that we need to to thank or acknowledge or be mindful of? Um, and are there any sort of like patterns or themes that you kind of spotted Um, Yeah. And and then maybe as we start to look forward, what do we sort of need to have in mind? And that final one, what's our part? And it's that's probably one um, for us as individuals. What do we need to sort of do in response to that? So what we'd like to do is um, is is basically you might be able to answer all of the questions. You might only be able to answer one and it really doesn't matter if this is the first time you've ever been um, or, again, you've been part of the church for ages. Because hopefully with the information I've provided you, there's enough for you to kind of get a sense of, okay, how would I answer those questions? And actually having um, you know, that, that different perspective of voice from somebody that maybe hasn't been part of our community for ages is just as helpful. So I'd really encourage you to participate in it as well. So um, the music will play. And what I'd like to do is, on, on your piece of paper, I'd just like you to write the number of the question that you're answering. Um, So if you're answering number three, just write number three and then write that on one piece of paper and then answer the next question on another piece of paper. And then if you just leave those under your seats as a church doing group, we'd really like to just collect those and get a sense from the whole community of what people are feeling about about the year itself and reflecting on that year. Um, So, yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Um, Andy will play a tune. Got your pieces of paper, write the number, write the answer, and then just leave them under your, your chair. And we will use them to kind of think through as we look forward um, next Sunday. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.